Hello everybody, my name's JP, I'm one of the leaders at Grace Church, and welcome to this week's Preach! Um, we're going to be uh, releasing these online just so that we can um, enjoy the Word of God together as a family. And um, if you're uh, listening, watching in, but um, uh, don't come, normally come along to Grace Church uh, meetings, just want to give you a really warm welcome too. It's so uh, great to have you. I will try not to swivel around on my chair too much um, as I do this preach, because I'm sure you all will find that tremendously annoying, he says, swivelling on his chair. So note to self, need to keep still. Um, if you've not seen um, uh, Ben's video yet, Ben's the guy that leads Grace Church, um, I, I do encourage you to have a look at that. You'll be able to find it on our uh, YouTube channel, our, our social media accounts, uh, Facebook, Twitter, etc., uh, or on the uh, email that uh, went out to you if you're um, part of Grace Church. And that will just explain a little bit about what we're uh, doing kind of Sunday by Sunday, what things might uh, look like right now, uh, and then there'll be other forms of communication that explain some of what's going on in the week. But if you haven't seen that, do check that out, because that will put things in uh, perspective quite a bit. The, the general idea is that each Sunday we're still going to try and do church just um, online and um, so um, we'll look to do some sort of uh, gathering or worship from uh, about 10 o'clock or so uh, through to about half 10 um, and then the preach today will be from about half 10 through to about half 12 um, only joking, not that long, you wouldn't have to suffer me for that long, um, through to about 11 o'clock. And then after that, there'll be opportunity um, to talk about it in your home groups, uh, maybe to pray together. I'll leave you with some uh, discussion questions um, at the end. I do tell us what uh, the experience um, is like for you. We'd love to uh, improve it. Any suggestions that you have, um, hello at gracechurchnottium.org is a, a good place to start um, with that. Um, but I'm going to be jumping back into our Hebrew series, which um, it seems absolutely ages since uh, we've been in that. We, of course, had Vision Sunday on the 1st of March, Anniversary Sunday on the 8th, and then Baptisms on the 15th. So uh, it seems a while since we've been in that series, which we entitled Hebrews, Jesus is Better. And um, But but I'm actually only jumping back in for, for one week, simply because the, the passage that was assigned for this week um, is very relevant to us uh, right now. You'll see as I, I read it out, it speaks in words of comfort to us. But then after this week, we're, we're not going to continue he Hebrews um, for a while. We'll come back to that at some point, I'm sure. But uh, as a team, as we just process something of what we felt God was um, was doing at the moment. We, we felt there was an opportunity that he created to um, to speak right into the heart of some of the issues that um, this coronavirus pandemic has thrown up. So in the coming weeks, we might be looking at things like uh, putting deep roots in Jesus, uh, growing in prayer, growing in, in Bible study. How do I encounter God when I'm self-isolated? Uh, what does church look like right now? Some of those kinds of uh, things. So you can look forward to some of those. Uh, week on week. Because this is a, a little bit of a, a different format, um, it, it, it could just be worth a, a quick think as to whether there's anything that could um, help you uh, engage with the preach uh, in this form. It might even be that you want to kind of uh, pause the video right now and uh, maybe just go and make sure you've got yourself a Bible. Um, I'm going to be preaching from Hebrews chapter 4 today. I'm using the English Standard Version. Um, it might be that you want to take notes during this just to help your engagement or draw or doodle or, or whatever it is that, that works for you. It might just be that actually you just need to get yourself a good cup of tea and uh, sit in for the rides. Um, but as with everything right now, it's just a, uh, there's a, a few slight adjustments, uh, readjustments um, required, aren't there? Just to find our, our, our new temporary norm. 
Um, I'm going to pray and then we're going to uh, get right into it. So, Lord Jesus, we so thank you for this opportunity to uh, gather together uh, over this media. And um, we recognise that your word is living and active, uh, sharper than a double-edged sword. And whereas we saw in the, the verses just before uh, today's passage that it, it pierces between joint and marrow, soul and spirit. That is, it gets to places that are indivisible. We recognise, Lord, uh, conversely, that though we are in many places across the city as we hear this message, possibly even on different days, you are still able to do a wonderful work amongst us as a church family. And so we ask, soften our hearts as, as we uh, uh, come to what you want to say to us this morning, Lord. Would you encounter us? Would you strengthen us? Would you speak to us, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a... Um, a time that I suspect we will never forget. Uh, very quickly this week, um, some quite dramatic measures um, have had to be uh, put in place. There's been panic buying, there's been uh, a very emotionally charged atmosphere. Uh, we've had the buzz phrases of self-isolation, social distancing. Um, it's led to all sorts of um, funnies on uh, social media. I, I saw one guy who tweeted that he was one hour into homeschooling his children and he had now decided that he thought teachers should be paid one million pounds a year. Um, such was his experience so far. Uh, my wife Emma told me about a tweet that she'd seen um, from, uh, from a guy who'd said that uh, what with uh, then there being so many uh, families by themselves in their houses right now um, and no sport on TV uh, that the guy wondered whether there was going to be some sort of baby boom in nine months time and that generation would in fact be called the coronials uh, which I, I thought was, was quite amusing. But it's, it's a time where lots of people are worrying, isn't it? And um, whether that is about themselves, uh, other people, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty um, around right now. And um, our, our whole nation, perhaps possibly even our whole world, just, just feels a little bit fragile right now, doesn't it? And it, it's important to recognise uh, at the start of this that those are real, natural concerns. So there's, there's not going to be anything uh, about this message that is any kind of gung-ho, it'll all be fine, what are you worrying about? Uh, actually, that, to, to think that way is quite a, a, a damaging, dangerous perspective. Our, our faith, first and foremost, um, asks us to consider the reality of our plight. And, um, but, but having said all of that, it, it is our conviction, isn't it, that the gospel transforms every single facet of life. And, and that, that even in the midst of trials and crises, difficulties, that our hope in Jesus gives us an assurance and a confidence and a hope that, that truly everything really is in God's hands. Have a listen to some of these words from Psalm 27, which um, I really encourage me uh, this week. This is verse 1 and verse 3. <clears throat> Here's what it says. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Now that word uh, confident or, or confidence 
um, actually appears over 40 times in the Bible. And so I suppose our question now is, well, how do we have that confidence in, in this present situation? How in what our, our prime minister has, has described as, as the worst public health crisis for a generation, can we hold that confidence? Well, when I opened up the passage that was assigned to today's message, um, I felt that confidence just begin to um, return to me once again. Just It was, for me, just a, a, another sign of, of the grace of God um, that, that I had spotted this week. You know, those things where um, Jesus just reminds you that he's still on the throne, that he's still good, that he's still got everything uh, held in the palm of his hand, that he's still over all things. And actually, when you spot little moments uh, like that, little signs of, of the grace of God uh, just in the midst of, uh, of these present difficulties, it's so important to ha hang on to those, uh, to share those with one another, to cling to them. Um, I do believe that those things will really help us through this time, that they will um, they'll help our mental health. They'll uh, help us to keep encouraging one another as a community and to remember the hope um, that we have. So let's get into the passage, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, as I said, um, I'm reading from verse 14 and um, through to chapter 5, verse 10. Here we go. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he's obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. <clears throat> and no one takes this honour for himself but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears, to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. <clears throat> being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. In chapter four so far, you may remember from uh, Ruth and Tim's messages uh, a few weeks ago, 
There's been an awful lot of warnings, uh, a lot of challenges, a lot of talk about the consequences of those things. And actually, that's not a bad summary of the BBC News cycle um, this week. But as our passage begins, it begins to hint that something different can be said, that there, there is an assurance that we can have amidst all of these difficulties, which still exist. <clears throat> it's not as if they, they go away. But that assurance is that Jesus is our great high priest. Just read with me again, verse 14. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Now I'll explain in a moment uh, what, what that means, but what we're all finding currently is that our nation is, is looking for a figurehead, aren't they? <clears throat> They're looking for, for someone who can, can say that, that there is a way forward. We're looking for someone who can uh, reassure us and, and represent us. Looking with someone, for someone with, with power to genuinely shape the future. And so we're, we're chiming in on, on Boris or another senior politician's daily briefings to try and um, compare our lives against the effect of this epidemic, uh, uh, this pandemic as it is right now. We're searching social media just for that one article or tweet that, um, that gives us some hope or, or makes sense of this situation. And yet so many people are still wondering, am I going to be okay? But right here in this passage, in the midst of the recipients' trials and struggles to keep going, because it's important that we remember that's what their context was as well. They were asking lots of questions of, of why are these things happening to. The author begins to talk about how all of these questions suddenly begin to quieten down when they're put in, their perspective, put in perspective by the fact that Jesus, our great high priest, gives us permanent access to the creator and the sustainer of the cosmos. <clears throat> and, and he gives the job description of the high priest at the start of chapter 5. In verse 1 it says, Every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God's. So there's the, the, the role of representation. And then it says to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. That is, um, there, there is the, the role of atonement, if you like, the, the kind of removing the effects of, of our sin. And right now, sharing the very throne of God in heaven, Jesus Christ, having atoned for our sin, is representing us. Jesus Christ is pleading our cause. And every time you cry out to God in fear, in worry, in concern, <clears throat> Jesus ensures that that prayer is heard. Every time you wonder, am I going to be okay in all of this? Will I be provided for? Jesus ensures <clears throat> that God will provide for you. He's the author and the perfecter of our story. His word makes sense of, of what it is that we're seeing in, in the world around us. He reassures us. He represents us. He fights for us. And having the power to genuinely shape the future, 
He invites us to pray to him, to walk with him and to act for him in these moments. Truly, as verse 14 puts it, we can hold fast our confidence in him. I'm sure, you, sure you've noticed at the moment that um, there's not a lot of confidence in our nation right now, is there? People, many people asking the questions, can, can I cope with these coming weeks? Will I still have my job, my health, the money in my bank balance? But verse 15 says <clears throat> that Jesus knows exactly what you are going through. Just, just think about that for a moment. Jesus knows exactly what you are going through right now. Here's, here's what it says. <clears throat> we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus knows the granddad that you are worrying about. Jesus knows that you're feeling lonely or stir-crazy already. Jesus knows when you're wondering how on earth you and the children are going to be cooped up in the same house together over the next weeks. And the point is that he has faced all of the struggles, the temptations, the trials that the world can throw up. He's experienced human limitation and weakness and knowingly he takes our cries of desperation of confusion and he puts them before our father in heaven walking with us <clears throat> through every moment it's important that we remember that this is the same jesus who faced weeks of isolation in the desert being tempted by the devil. It's important that we remember that this is the same Jesus who faced the most severe form of being cut off as he took the, the just punishment for our sin on the cross and received the wrath of God upon himself. It's important that we remember that he is the one who though he was pure and spiritually healthy he chose to be infected with the most fatal disease of them all, that of human sin, in order to save those who were facing certain death because of it. And now he washes us clean, not with a, a temporary solution for us only to become dirty once again, but with an eternal immunity bought by his precious blood becoming, as verse 9 says, the source of eternal salvation. And therefore, it says in verse 16, with confidence we can draw near. We can draw near. But to what, you might ask? To draw near to what? Well, I'll read this verse for an encouragement right now. With confidence, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time 
of meat. Go and put that one on your fridge. I mean, what an encouragement that is. This is talking about the, the place of ultimate authority and the place of unmerited favour. This is the um, authority to, to whom the whole, uh, the whole universe must submit. And it's the very definition of love and goodness. It's the place that God the Father is seated with Jesus at his right hand. And it's the exact relationship that you have been brought right into. Because what the author is trying to say in these verses, which he makes explicit in, in verses 5 and 6 of chapter 5 actually, is that this high priest, is it, he brings together, do you remember in the reading there was those two quotes from the Psalms, and one of those Psalms was spoken to Israel's king. The other of those Psalms, uh, the second, was spoken to um, Israel's Messiah, who it is said is to be a high priest. The, the author puts them together to make the point that, that this great high priest, the one who carries us in, the one who knows what you are going through, is himself the king of the universe, the Lord God Almighty, the one with power to change things for you, the great sovereign I am. And he says that at his throne of grace, there is help for you today, tomorrow, for the rest of this crisis and forever. So we can have confidence amidst Corona because of who Jesus is, but also because of how Jesus lived. And you might say to me, okay, great, well, that, that's all well and good, but um, what, what am I meant to do now, JP? I'm, I'm stuck in my house, all my favourite places are closed, I've uh, literally never spent this much time alone or this much time with my family. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure that I can cope in the midst of this. Well, there are many things that it's important for us to be doing that, that aren't mentioned in, in this passage. It's um, important that first and foremost we uh, pursue relationship and community with God himself. It's really important that uh, we maintain contact with one another um, as much as we can. And, and not just those people that we know really well, but reaching out to others uh, within our church family and within our neighbourhoods. <clears throat> It's important that we watch our intake of uh, social media and, and even the news, just so that we're, we're informed, but we're not pulled into the panic of, of the world around us. But there's a number of, of aspects of, of life that Jesus models, uh, that Jesus models that are, are referred to in, in these verses that I think are particularly helpful um, for us uh, right now. And the first one is, is that he prayed. He prayed. This is what um, verse 7 says. It says, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Jesus, the incarnate son of God, prayed to his father in total dependency. He prayed during times of suffering. He prayed as part of regular everyday activity. He talked about prayer. He prioritised prayer. 
He talked with God. He thanked God for things, uh, his father for things. He, he, he made requests of his father in prayer. Jesus, who himself was the son of God, the second person of the Godhead, decided that it was important enough for him to spend time seeking his father in prayer. And my hope and, and prayer is that one of the results of this coronavirus pandemic is that we will come out of it a more prayerful people. Not just because of the, the, the worry of a crisis that causes us to pray a little bit more, but because simply, well, life has to be a little bit simpler right now, doesn't it? Maybe some of us will be finding that there are fewer things competing for our attention right now. For some, maybe not, but actually just being kind of cooped up in home, self-isolating or not as much contact. There's just less voices clamoring for our attention. There's an opportunity here. You know, I, I've enjoyed moments this week of just finding further opportunities to pray. <clears throat> it's after the kids have uh, been in bed, going um, outside into my garden, just sitting there looking up at the stars. The same sky that I've stared at for 33 years of my life. And yet just seeing God's hand as the covering of the earth. And knowing, yeah, God, you really have still got all of this. My wife and I this week, we, we found this week tough. And um, that's meant that we've prayed more together. And that's been a really uh, good thing for our marriage and good thing for our, our lives in God. There's been times I've just uh, been able to sit in my study and have a few moments and, and just the thoughts coming to me of, God, I know that you are always about a great work. So what is it that you are doing right now? What are the opportunities that you're presenting to us as a people in these times? <clears throat> Quite practically, I've, I, I've enjoyed praying the Lord's Prayer a lot. You can pray that quickly. You can pray that over... <clears throat> A good bit of time, just feeling in these times, as I pray, give me today my daily bread. That's got particular um, kind of weight of meaning right now. I've enjoyed praying the prayer of Jabez from 2 Chronicles chapter 4, an awful lot. It says that, oh, that you would bless me. And I've begun to pray into what the blessing of God on my life would look like. And it says that you would expand, enlarge the place of my tents. And that's been a, a prayer that um, God would expand my capacity to cope with um, the present situation. Then he moves on to say that your hand might be with me. That's a prayer for power. God, whatever it is that you've given me to do today, would I do it in your power? And then lastly, fourthly, he says, and that you would keep me from harm. Of course, is a prayer for protection. I've been enjoying uh, separately the, the serenity prayer. I said, God, would you give me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, of which there are an awful lot right now, it feels, and the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. <clears throat> you know, God wants to help us to grow in him during this crisis, and that means that we need to engage with him. But I want you in particular to notice the examples given in this passage of just how Jesus prayed. It says Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. Loud cries and tears. 
something that has been present in many, many households across our nation this week, including my own. And sometimes there can be almost this, this full separation that we live with between the, the religious and the, <clears throat> the kind of everyday. Almost as if like, you can only pray about certain things in, in certain ways. And yet inside you're, you're, you're boiling over with anger or you're feeling drowned by fear. Maybe it's time for some less polished prayers right now. You really can tell God exactly how you feel. Just read the Psalms. Just read the Psalms to see how they did it. And yet as we pray, one of the most important things that we can do that the Psalmists also did is continue to declare the truths about who he is, about who our God is, about his power, his might, his eternity, his sovereignty. Because in doing so, we, we maintain the, the reverence with which Jesus was heard, it says. NIV talks of it as the, um, the, the reverent submission with which Jesus was heard. It means that we maintain that, that we, it reminds us of that hope that we have, that our God is over all things. So Jesus prayed. <clears throat> but he also learned obedience through what he suffered, that's... Uh, what verse 8 says, though he was son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And, and really, this is a, a huge topic, but what the writer is, is trying to do in, 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 uh, in this phrase is, is to show how <clears throat> amidst the, the suffering that the, the recipients are going through, that there is actually opportunity here to, um, to grow in, in likeness and, and obedience to, to Jesus, who, who himself suffered and, and, and who was, was obedient through it all. And in so doing, he, he fulfilled what he already was, the, the eternally begotten Son of God. And that's what it means when it, it says in verse 9 that, that Jesus was made perfect. It's quite a strange expression, isn't it? But one of the commentators talks of it this way, uh, Tom Wright. He, he says, it doesn't matter that he, that's uh, Jesus, uh, sorry, it doesn't mean, uh, I should get that right in my notes here, uh, it doesn't mean that he was imperfect before in the sense of being sinful, but that he needed to attain the full stature of sonship through experiencing the pain and grief of the Father himself over his world gone wrong. He became truly and fully what in his nature he already was. But the point is the point is this that just like here and the circumstances that these receivers of the letter to Hebrews found themselves in, we, we can see the, the suffering and the hardship of, of our present circumstances and, and it can be so tempting to to give up to, 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 to succumb to the world and its worries. Or we can recognize that time and time again in the Bible, God uses periods of hardship and suffering. He even promises them to purify us, to cause us to trust him more. And that in so doing, we become like our beautiful saviour by just a little bit more sharing in his sufferings. It's so important that we recognise just something of what God is doing right now. As in it, 
in the West particularly, we uh, comfort focused as we are, we tend to ask, well, why is crisis X? Why is coronavirus happening right now? But actually, God's more interested in how we respond and who we become in the midst of it as we receive his grace to help in time of need. So Jesus prayed, Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. But finally, the encouragement of how we can have confidence amidst the coronavirus is because in, it says in verse 9, Jesus became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And one of the things I find really interesting is that so commonly in the New Testament, the, the hope, the, the assurance that is given <clears throat> um, to churches that are undergoing very difficult times of um, suffering, trial, difficulty, of wh whatever kind it may be, is the assurance of eternity, which can never be taken away. And, and yes, we want this crisis to pass, and we must pray for that. And yes, we want to support one another and reach into our neighbourhoods in, in the midst of it. It's so, so important. But the truest hope of the gospel, in which we have been so wonderfully delivered and set free, is that one day we will be with our maker forever, the Lord of heaven and earth. And we'll be rewarded for all those times where we endured and chose to trust him we will receive an eternal crown of glory. And actually, all of the signs of brokenness of the world around us, the distress, the disease, the decay, the death, the disappointment, they're all pointers, they're all arrows towards the new earth and the new heavens to come. Because knowing eternity with him is our ultimate hope. And in the midst of this present crisis, I want to challenge you to remind yourself of that truth. Because we can have a, reality, a tendency in our culture to put way too much weight on this life. But as those famous verses from the book of Job testify to us, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, in my flesh I shall see God. Amen. Let's have the band up. Only joking, you can't do that on a video recording, can you? But hey-ho. Um, we're done for the message. Um, Hope you enjoyed it and um, have a chance now just to uh, chat it over. Um, if you do want to respond in your own times or um, as a group, I'd recommend singing Before the Throne of God Above as an excellent uh, song that uh, encapsulates some of the truths in this passage that I've been talking about. But I'm going to leave you with three questions um, to chat through. Um, I say three, they've each got two parts, so I've kind of cheated. Uh, but these are things that I would encourage you, whether it's on your home group Zoom calls, your um, uh, WhatsApp video calls, or your home group WhatsApp uh, conversations, whatever it is, do be talking about these things. Sometimes when we 
hear ourselves articulate uh, truths we're strengthened but also when we hear ourselves articulate things we know actually sound silly um, we're challenged afresh to trust God so here are the three questions first uh, first one is what are your fears at this time and what would be the faith-filled response what are your fears at this time and what would be the faith-filled response to those fears secondly how honest are you with God about how you feel? And what practical step could you take to grow in this area? So how honest are you with God about how you feel? And is there a practical step that you could take to help you to grow in this area? Thirdly and lastly, what do you hope that God might do in you and in Grace Church during this time? What, what, what do you hope God's going to do in you and in Grace Church during this time? Enjoy discussing those. Miss you all so much. Do keep in touch and uh, let's continue to be and to build that thriving community that God's called us to be, reaching Nottingham with the gospel. And uh, in so doing, in time, we will replicate this beyond in other places across the UK. Lots of love. Bye bye.